you know, we, we can't have all the monster hunters in one squad because we're sending you out there. We don't know what you're going to get into. If the monster hunters are all off and it's, it's, it's a boot that you can never find the second boot and then the other squad gets wiped out. We lost G-Squad last month because of this because all the monster hunters, they all had to be where they thought the monsters were at the tuna cannery, but obviously that's not where they were. They were where G-Squad was, which we still don't know. Um, it's a spatial anomaly, but does anybody have any questions? I love it. I love it when people don't ask questions. All right, you all can stay here and get acquainted. And then they pass out your new squad assignments and you all find out that you are squatted up together. Mr. Breakstone, it is an honor to be able to work with you and a squad. I've read much about your exploits in the field. And uh, let me just say, I think that I'm going to learn a lot under your careful tutelage. Uh, sure, kid. Uh, stay behind me. Wait, let me write that down. My dirty hand <laughs> extends, holding a peeled orange. Eat. What? Well, well, thank you. That is very hospi- hospital- hospitalacious. Sure. Well, thank you. That is very hospitalacious of you. Is good. I take all of the orange slices except one. <laughs> and okay. I and good. I shove them all in my mouth at the same time and just say, thanks. Yes. Ah, that kind of communist. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Day Players, a show where we take the corpse of long-form improv and animate it with the bolt of lightning that is Dungeons & Dragons. This is your DM, Paxton Farrar, coming to you from under a blanket because it's spooky season again, and we've got another Halloween special for you. Last year, we did a double feature inspired by horror flicks. This time, we're taking inspiration from the most creepy and creative corner of the internet. So sharpen your chainsaws and put on both your masks, because this is Day Players. At the top of the Discord order, she doesn't have a visual imagination. She adopted a cat with big orange Halloween eyes, and she talked herself out of being afraid of spiders. It's Abby Willman. Abby, welcome back to the show. Thanks. It's great to be here. So is the, the cat, what color is the rest of the cat? The cat is, the cat is gray, kind of like a, um, like a British short hair, sort of plush gray fur. Cool. And so I have to ask, you don't have a visual imagination, and yet you're about to play some Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. Well, I was going to just say I don't, I don't have an imagination because I don't have like an auditory imagination either. I misunderstood what having an imagination meant, I suppose, for most people. So I hear, I've learned this pretty recently, that most people, you know, if you say imagine a beach, you can actually see the beach in your head. And maybe a, a particular beach that you frequent a lot pops into your head. If somebody tells me to imagine a beach, I'm just thinking of the concept of a beach. And I don't actually, I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. I don't smell anything, which I guess is also a thing. I didn't even know it was possible to 
see things with your head. All right, so Abby, uh, who are you playing today? I am playing Banadin Breakstone, who is a dwarf cleric. Uh, so he's a mountain dwarf. Kind of think of him as like the linebacker of mountain dwarves. Like he's pretty huge for a dwarf. He's bald, got a long chest length beard, classic dwarf vibe. In terms of personality, he's like a grizzled, kind of has the vibe of like a war veteran. Like not very likable, really. He's, he's pretty gruff, like, you know, pounds beers all the time. And then in terms of backstory, he was involved in a, a labor uprising that ended poorly. And his god had to intervene. And that's how he first had a vision of his god and, and was set on the path of faith. That's about it. Totally. All right. Well, I had an absolute blast with you uh, last time you were on the show, which is too long ago. So I am looking forward to seeing what you do with Banadin. Likewise. Next in the Discord order, he altered a chair. He has become CPR certified. And after years of living in an apartment, he's now back in a big old house and it's spooky. It's Morgan Vasiliev. Morgan. How you doing, and what does Alter to Chair mean? Well, as part, of my, as part of my new profession in preschool stuff, I, it was requested that I lower a chair. So I had a bunch of power tools, and I reupholstered it, and I cut the legs off, and I did a whole bunch of crazy woodworking stuff that I'd never done before. And it's also that the chair is at the child height. Is this a chair for you or for them? It's kind of a chair for the adults, <laughs> but they can sit in it. So you cut the legs off? Yeah, I, I cut about a foot off of each leg, and I raised up one of the support bars, like drilled holes, uh, wood glued it on, and then I reupholstered the cushion with like some leather, and it's all stuff that I'd never done before. Well, that's very cool. A very quarantine sort of activity, even though it was involved with your work. Absolutely. Uh, who are you playing today? Today I am playing Joseph Thorne, a human druid, and I am the subclass Circle of the Land. Because when I looked at the different types of druids, I wanted to play this type of ancient shaman type character, and just the Circle of the Land spellcasty druid from the player's handbook fit best. I did a quick glance through some of my own heritage of Russian shamanism, and it's all about doing like pagan rituals and different rites and peasing gods, talking to spirits. So Joseph is this slimy wild man in the woods with like bones hanging from his hair, mud smeared all over his face, and a tattered leather and feathery cloak. One of my big inspirations for the character is the SCP article 2845, which is a lot of people call it the deer. And it's all about this big unstoppable god character that believes in its own rituals that contain it, even though the rituals don't really do anything. But in the SCP universe, the foundation, they have all these shamans and cultist people that do all of these things even though they're all just made up and they work because the god believes that they work but the people doing them know that they're fake so my character joseph is knowledgeable about all the different religions and practices but he doesn't believe in it 
but he doesn't believe in it. The the gods themselves, they could they could stop caring at any moment. They're so powerful and it's all it's all show. I look forward to seeing how that plays out. And now the next player in the Discord order. He's back working at a bakery. He's up to tutoring four students in Japanese. I think you might be able to figure out who this is. Follow the clues, gumshoes. <laughs> and he once looked into a well at a Japanese temple that tells you if you are fated to die soon. That's pretty spooky. It's Tommy Eger. Tommy, what did the well say? I was good to go for another month. Is it only a month? It's something like that. It's at Mount Koya. It's this really famous temple there. They have a really famous graveyard, and in the graveyard, there is a well that if you look in it and don't see your reflection, you're going to die soon. It's like Groundhog Within Day. Within a month. Yeah, it's like uh, Groundhog Day, but you did. That's some pretty good business model right there. It's like, oh, yeah, you're good, but, but make sure you come back next month. <laughs> it's funny you should say that. The, one of the main ways the temple makes money is in that graveyard, they have tombstones for corporations. For corporations? Yeah, that have gone out of business. I think that's where's how money, it works. Wait, I don't quite where's remember. the money come from? I don't, okay, maybe it's not that they haven't gone out of business. <laughs> all I remember is we went past all these giant, gaudy tombstones for corporations. It's a way to advertise. I mean, yes, I think so. <laughs> well, that's some brilliant marketing on the part of the temple there. Get you to come back every month, make sure you're not going to die. But you're playing a character, Tommy, who could potentially die in this extra spooky Halloween edition. So who is that character? My extremely mortal character is Derek Blue. He is the bright-eyed and bushy-tailed new recruit to our organization right out of the academy. Short black hair, he's got the class ring on, he's got the immaculate suit, and in the words of Luke from episode four, he's ready for anything. What I'm going for is somewhere between like Hermione Granger, the commander from Aliens, and this one character from Tokyo Ghoul, essentially all people who are really by the book they know all the stuff, but maybe haven't been out in the field yet. Got it. It's all, it's all uh, theory, no practice. That's right. Derek is a human fighter. I took the Monster Hunter subclass, which is all kinds of fun monster hunting things as part of it. He's very fastidious, tidily kept, short crew-cut black hair, the immaculate suit, the trimmed nails, and of course, he's got his class ring on at all times. Not to mention the very large sword strapped onto his back. Cool, I like the flavor. And finally, Halloween is my favorite holiday. My big fear slash phobia is man-made objects underwater. And my new quarantine hobby is capturing and raising the caterpillars I find in my garden, which turned out to be fittingly spooky. Because one, they are little gluttonous monsters that eat everything in their path. And two, Almost all of them have died of the caterpillar zombie virus, which is freaky. My name is Paxton Farrar, and I will be your dungeon master for today. Paxton, what the hell is the caterpillar zombie virus? Uh, I forget the, the, the scientific Latin name, but basically uh, this one kind of caterpillar that's very common. They're the like inchworm caterpillar that you know, you have the little green one with like it's got mm. feet on the back and feet on the front. Mm -hmm. So they. Basically, when they are fully grown and getting ready to cocoon, it's like mad caterpillar disease, and they start freaking out and climbing as high as they can, where they then die and liquefy, dripping their remains, their virus-filled remains, down upon their brethren below. That's how the virus propagates. Whoa. I even witnessed one of them 
squirting some sort of <sighs> clear bubble liquid out of its butt and then grabbing that liquid with its mouth and then smearing it all over the walls of its little uh, terrarium. <sighs> so it's like full-on zombie movie uh, kind of virus. That's awesome. How fitting. For Halloween this year, we are doing a series inspired by the SCP Wiki. Really fantastic, open-source, collaborative, creative writing project around spooky, supernatural things. It's centered around a fictional organization that deals with these supernatural, scary things, uh, sort of like a men in black for horror. And the whole thing is presented as logs of these various uh, anomalies. And so we are taking some inspiration from that to make some spooky, sci-fi, occult D&D. The setting, 1970s style, technology, and gritty style, and you all three work for the Bureau of Fantastic Anomalies, the BFA, which is in this fantasy world is the governmental organization like the CIA or FBI that deals with the weirdest, spookiest supernatural phenomenon that exists in a world that already has fantasy. And now to flesh that out, or just give me some things to play with, I'm going to ask you each a question. So, Abby, what is your biggest supernatural fear? Oh, God, I don't know. I think I would be, like, freaked out if, like, a poltergeist, like, if things just started moving on their own accord for no reason, that would, that would probably freak me out. All right, great. So, uh, next in the Discord order, Morgan, uh, what is your greatest supernatural fear? I think it's either a possession or a body snatchers scenario where like people I know Ooh, are no longer the one. people I know. That's gotcha. that's very scary to me. All right, Tommy. Yes, indeed. What's your greatest supernatural fear? Cursed spaces that change as you're going through them. By which I mean, if you've read like House of Leaves, it's this thing where they measure a room and it's like an inch longer on the inside than on the outside. And that discrepancy gets larger and larger until finally like they go through a closet door and they're in like this insane Lovecraftian labyrinth. It's kind of like the body snatchers thing, but for spaces. Uh, I'll say there's a lot of SCPs that uh, you would find spooky. There, yes, I like the stairs one. Oh yeah. I don't like the stairs one. <laughs> scary stairs. The scary, scary stairs. All right, and now I have a couple other questions for you guys as a group, and you can discuss this. Do you think that you've all been lone wolves and the squad thing is new or have you old timers been in a squad for a while? I'd like to think that I was, that I've been on missions before with squads, but that it would be maybe rare for a squad to stay together with me through multiple missions. Gotcha. What, what do you, what do you, what do you other, other guys think? What's the feel? It would make sense to me that like not every situation requires three people. I don't really know. I can see my character having been doing this for a while, but I do think it would be just for the story. It'd be interesting if this was sort of a relatively new squad. Here's the other question for everybody to collaborate and decide on. Uh, what's your squad name? Ooh. And be aware, I will only accept dumb names if they are actually clever. <laughs> hmm. Okay. You, 
You can't just be like Pancake Squad. <laughs> <laughs> right, because that's not clever. So I can't stop I'm thinking just... about Pancake Squad. What about, what about, uh, and this might be just because I've read a lot of the SCP stuff myself, but it's like, what about something like Cerberus? Hmm. Oh, I like it. Three heads. Three-headed dog, guardian of the underworld. It's pretty good. Is this mm. sort of like a, a code name? Yeah, okay. exactly. Like, like how the internal, because one thing that's going to be big in here is the bureaucracy of it. So do you guys all like Cerberus, three-headed dog? What about Pluto? God of the, it's underworld, it's supernatural, and he's not bad. He's a necessary. Is the, yeah, he's like the jailer, kind of. Plus it also is like kind of underdog. Cause but it's, also, but it's also a little sciencey. A little sciencey. That's not bad. Wait, how do you guys feel about Pluto Squad? Yeah, I mean, it works for me. P-Squad. P-Squad? Oh, yep, that's it. <laughs> that's lovely. <laughs> okay. Open on a quiet residential neighborhood, a suburb in our 1970s D&D fantasy world. It's late. Most people have gone to bed. And you three are out. It is your first night working together as a squad. We have the two grizzled old timers and the hot to trot ace rookie who they are essentially assigned to train up. The three of you pull up in front of an ordinary looking house in your big bureau car. You've been sent out to deal with a anomaly and you don't know much about it yet, but you are awaiting further orders and information. Right now you are staking it out. Are they gonna contact us on our car phone? What you guys actually have is a fax machine in the car. Amazing. Wonderful. Wow. I wanna be in the driver's seat. I want to be the one that drove. That yeah. seems, that seems I like logical. it. I'd be, I'd be surprised if Morgan's character can drive. No, I would just fly places. Derek will break the silence then in the car. Well, fellow agents, I'm, I'm very excited to be out here in the field with both of you for the first time. Uh, tell me, is there any sort of warm-up rituals or anything I'll do to get ready to handle some supernatural stuff? In response, I, I turn on the radio. And just and just like maybe as Derek's talking, I'm just like slowly turning up the volume. <laughs> yes. Oh, I see. Yes. This is uh, I can see how music would be a great way to relax before a mission. Are you turning it up on music or are you turning it uh, to a like a like a I don't know, a news station or something? I think it's like some some jazz, some like okay, nice mood loud jazz. jazz music. And I'm not turning it up so loud that like we can't hear him, you know, but he might have to kind of shout a little. I kind of imagine Derek's in the backseat, just like leaning forward. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Trying to, Definitely to shout over the music. I'm more of a hip hop man myself, but I, I respect your taste. <laughs> hip hop doesn't exist yet. <laughs> Ah oh, shit! Jazz is the closest that he we likes got. Hip hop on my character sheet. I guess you should. You should. You should like just country. Oh, that's too easy. Uh, is it? Yeah. Bluegrass. Yes, he likes bluegrass. That's yeah. a, that's a safe compromise. That bluegrass is the hip well, version. That's right. Okay, so you guys are sitting out there. There's you know neighborhood stuff going on. A dog barks. The house that you're sitting in front of looks like a suburban suburban home it's all quiet and dark in front of me i have some tables so let's just start in the discord order abby do you have a d4 handy 
Uh, yes, I do. Uh, you want to roll that and tell me what you get? I got a one. You got a one. All right, cool. Morgan, you're going to like do an investigation on what, what this is? I almost want to just use my insight over and over again as like feeling into the ether or like, you know. That's, like... that's fine. But you, you got to roll for it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, all right. I rolled a 19 plus 9 oh. for a 28. Woo. All right. This is actually a religious-based anomaly. Since I got into the car, my eyes have been closed. They now open, and my pupils are very dilated. There is a force here. It is one that fears the Cristo. I've never heard of an aberration called the Cristo. Ah, uh, you know it as one of the children of Judea. Oh, I'm not so good with kids, sorry. <laughs> Get me out of this interaction with Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Top of your class, really? So now there's a... The fax machine, which sits between the driver and the passenger in your 1970s-style bureau car, and it starts spitting out the file so far reported on your anomaly. And uh, who's going who's gonna to grab it and read it? I imagine, well, yeah. Not me. Who would, who? I was going to say, yeah, Breakstone is kind of the, the team lead, yeah? Yeah, I'll grab it. All right, the file says... Location 03116. Morgan, you got a D4 handy? Give that thing a roll. That's a one. And Tommy, yeah. why don't you... You got a D4 handy? I do have a D4 handy. All right. Give me a, give me a roll. That's a three. A three. Lucky 13. Right. 13. Very cool. <sighs> Anomalous location 03116 appears to be a regular house in the suburb of... Redacted at the address redacted 03116 has been the site of reported incidents on several occasions, including incident redacted, incident alpha beta 3, incident 04 epsilon, and redacted. At this time, there were casualties from let's say, what's another squad name? Just pick a different planet. Oh, yeah, Neptune squad. At this time, Neptune Squad was deployed and lost three members of the total of six. Bodies were not recovered. This is the only instance where there has been any signs of danger from location 03116. There is no listed resident of the dwelling. Primary objective, investigate potential risks. Secondary objective, recover bodies of Neptune Squad, if possible, in parentheses, I'm going to say they're elves. Neptune Squad was elves. Hmm. Elf blood is in short supply and useful. <laughs> Great. We need elf blood. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound so bad. We're just going to check out this house a little bit. All right, men. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go in first, and you're going to follow me. All right? So, yes, sir. And I, I get out of the car. I, yeah, I, I will follow following it's night outside it's pretty dark in the house there's some light that comes in through the windows but it's a dark house how are you guys handling that uh i know that the dwarf is going to have dark vision but what about the other two 
uh, since Joseph is a druid, I'll just cast the spell Dark Vision. I close my eyes, and after a moment, they open, revealing my pupils turned into glistening full moons, and I can now see in the dark. Well, protocol states that minimal interaction with anomalies is highly encouraged, so uh, I have my own dark vision right here, and I pull out my flashlight. So I imagine there are stairs leading up to the porch. Yes, there's a few stairs. Before I step onto the stairs, I wanna, I wanna do some sort of check just to see if I pick up on anything before I just step into the zone of this house. Are you looking to like investigate for traps? Kinda, yeah, yeah. I guess at a perception, because investigation, you're you're like looking for something specific. Yes. Which you could also choose to do. Um, we're gonna do perception. A whole two, and then I got plus two. So what is a four? Right. Do I perceive anything? It's dark on the porch, but it seems fine. Cool, I shrug and just walk up the stairs then, you know, to the front door. Yeah, I'm up for walking in. Let's walk on in. Cool. I'm not even going to knock or anything. I'm just, I'm opening the door. Perfect. You open the door, step inside, and you are in an entrance hallway. Agent Brankstone, uh, proper protocol states that we should announce our presence beforehand in case there are civilians uh, upon the premises. Well, Blue, why don't you get some practice doing that? Give it a go. <clears throat> uh, attention residents of this domicile. We are three agents from the BFA, and under Executive Order 893, we are hereby requesting your cooperation in this extra-normal investigation. There is no response. Area is clear, fellow agents. We are clear to move in. Repeat, clear to move in. <laughs> Great. I love how you said that like you're on a radio, but you're just there with them. <laughs> he's, very, protocol. he's very nervous. Thanks, Blue. Really, uh, by the book, you know, usually you can just say... Oi, BFA. But, uh, you know, if you want to do the whole song and dance, it's, it's good for you. Well, thank you for complimenting me on being by the book. I think books are very important. That's it. <laughs> Awkward silence. <Awkward place>. <laughs> so you have an entrance hall. It looks like there's a kitchen off to the left. And then on the right, you have like a living room area with, you know, carpet. And then there's uh, a, a door at the end of the hall that Looks like it probably leads to stairs going down. Fellow agents, allow me to undertake a full sweep of the first floor. And I'm going to fucking do the slice the pie fucking. I don't have a gun, but just like, you know. Wait, do you not have a gun? Nah. I have a crossbow. Even though it's the 1970s? I have a crossbow. I think Tommy should have a gun. Think it should be a gun? I think it can be flavor-wise, whatever. We can just use crossbow. Yeah. 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 You're right. My crossbow is now a gun. So I'm picturing that you're going ahead, doing the pops around the doors and stuff, mm-hmm. while the other two are just casually following behind you. Does that sound right? That yeah. sounds... They might not even be following behind me. I mean, they can do whatever they want. It's a small house. You know, I kind of gave you the... There's a bedroom as well, but mm. that's kind of what you got. Kitchen, living room, bedroom, stairs downstairs. Is there like stuff in here, are there like chairs and tables? Is there food in the kitchen? There's not food out. Ah, okay. That's a good sign because normally food is left when people like vanish. Sure, yeah. That's always a mm. clear sign. Someone yeah. is in the middle of making a sandwich. <laughs> I will walk over, open the door to the, to the refrigerator. What do I see? Some food, but it's all packaged food, like stuff that would keep for a long time. Yeah, Ketchup. condiments, 
pickles. If you look in the freezer, there's frozen meat. So based on these food choices, what type of people live in this house? Is it a family? Is it just one person? I think I'd be able to tell that just from the food. Based on the food, you're able to see that one, they eat a lot of meat. And two, there's like actually quite a lot of stuff. There's like enough for like a feast there. This is the food of a hunter. Strong food for many. A hunter, you say? But there's no evidence of anyone else being here. If there was a if there was a hunter about, surely there'd be some kind of armory. Okay, when you go into the bedroom, the bed is like not used at all. In fact, the bed is covered in plastic. As if it's been preserved right after a move or like they ordered it? As if they ordered it. It's like, uh, you know, when you go in on like the, on the tour with the realtor, the furniture is under plastic. It's that. It's like it's never been used. How does that compare with everything else in the house? Is that like everything in the house is like that? Sort of like has never been used? No. The, the, the living room and the kitchen things are like regularly furnished. Hmm. Fellow agents, I have discovered an object of interest in the bedroom. It appears the, the bed is newly ordered. And I, I'll, I'll call out to y'all. You may join me if you so desire. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to go in there. I'll hold my hand up, feeling the energy of the mattress. And then it comes down and squishes onto the, the plastic bed. This <laughs> is not a place of rest. That is true. This place strikes me as trying to look like someone lives here, but only in appearance. Perhaps this is the guest bedroom. <laughs> Very insightful. <laughs> I think you're right on the money there, Blue. We could have a uh, spirit or a, an undead situation here. I, I imagine I, I want to take point on opening that door and, and heading downstairs. So that's what I do. Sure, yeah. You open it dark stairwell but it's wood stairs concrete wall with the water stains on it mm. agent breakstone wait just a moment if we are really dealing with a possible undead situation allow me to provide assistance i'll pull some powder out of my pocket and <laughs> blow it in your face and this is protection from good and evil which i can cast once per day as part of the uh my monster Ooh. my monster hunter subclass oh okay how does that work uh, protection from good and evil just gives you protection against aberrations, celestials, elementals, fae, fiends, and undead. Basically, those creatures have disadvantage on attack rolls. Uh, target can't be charmed, frightened, or possessed. And if they, well, and then the rest doesn't really matter. So that's basically it. I uh, I don't say anything in response to this. Although maybe I'm a little surprised by just the powder blowing into my face. I'm like, ugh. ugh. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? But then uh, after I get over that, I, I actually look at Blue and I'm like pretty impressed. I give him like a sage nod like he... He really did something there. Um, and then I just go downstairs. Sir, thank you, sir. All right. Let's, let's slowly creak down these very creaky stairs, I assume. Yeah, oh, oh, of course. <laughs> it's very, very quiet aside from the creaking, very muffled. As you get down the stairs, you see the basement is filled with dozens of rolled up rugs and carpets. What? <laughs> They're like stacked. This is like all those going out of business uh, Persian rug stores. That never go out of business? Yeah. 
Hey, hey, listen, when I see signs on those things today that say going out of business, I, I do believe them. <laughs> this, yes. Fair. Are those rugs? Okay, I think what, what we ought to do, take one of these bad boys and unroll them. It's possible the bodies we're looking for are uh, rolled up in one of he- these here rugs. Oh, I forgot about the bodies. And I'm fairly short, so I don't know how tall this stack is. They're actually standing up end on end. Okay. So each one is freestanding and they're 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 medium sized. Are these carpets and rugs are they uniform or is there like quite a variety in size? There's shape? actually a variety. Okay. Hmm. Well I guess if we're gonna unroll one of these, uh should we do it down here or upstairs? I don't think we should remove these rugs from from this basement, no. You're right, you're right, of course. I just push over, maybe the one that's closest to me that's like, in, in terms of size, about my size, I just give it a heave and a hoe and push it over. It flops onto the ground and you kick it rolling and it thwomp, 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 thwomp. As it unrolls, you begin to see a pattern of occult symbols. But first, as it unrolls, you see first occult symbols written in what appear to be a mixture of stains and in some places the carpet was just cut shorter. Just ways in which carpets get fucked up, but it's written out, occult symbols. As it unrolls, you also begin to see a larger stain emerge. And this stain proves to be sticky. It's like peeling a sticker a little bit. There's a gooey strands Uh are attached to the inside as it rolls and it it flops open and rolled up inside a body decomposing and mutilated and it's very gross. Oh Oh my God. It's, oh God. I, and Derek will turn away. Just mm. managing to avoid yarfing. It's also totally naked. Interesting. Mm. Is it one of the people from Neptune Squad? Uh, you can't tell. Because of the decomposition? Yes. Mm. I would like to see if I recognize these occult symbols. All right. I will use my religion skill. Yeah, totally. Okay. That is a 23 what type of cult are we talking? This is a lesser cult that is evil Shintoism, where they believe that evil is everywhere and every object has a spirit in it. And all those spirits are evil? Yeah, that's the occult part, is they believe that the the world is inherently, everything is evil in it. They're like Christian Shinto. Where sin everyone is, is born with sin, yeah. and it's just, it's in everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about Elanum? Elanum. Cult. Elanum? From ill and animated. Ill animated. Elanum. Then I will do cool. my characteristic hand wave. Elanum. I remember reading about them in one of my occult history classes, but I thought that they were a, a minor sect without any real powers or capabilities. I don't know anything about this, but let's see what I can get from this body. That's 14, yeah. 14. You're easily able to tell that this person has been tortured and killed in a 
ritualistic sacrifice. So you got cutting off of various little body parts and then some stabs that look like they come from ceremonial blades. Mm. There aren't any symbols carved into the person. Oh, sure. That sounds that sounds good. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm like, that's gotta be there. Well, uh, I don't know anything about Alanum, but uh, seems like they're into human sacrifice. This body did not die of natural causes. And then I like show him the the cuts and whatnot. I don't need to look. I believe you. <laughs> so, so you like averting your eyes? Oh, I'm I'm full 180, turned around, looking up the stairs. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're 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 actually looking up the stairs then? Yes. All right. So you see the 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 door that you guys came down the door at the top of the stairs it gets like nudged a little bit towards open or towards closed towards closed nudges again then starts slowly slowly trying to close uh hey in in the name of the bfa whoever's out there i order you to not close that door the door closes oh my god (laughs) I wonder what moved the door. I'm sure it's nothing. No, really, just, just wait. I'm sure it's not anything at all. Next time on Day Players. Mega roll. Oh, that's a three. Everything seems the same. Well, I don't see anything up here that was any different than it was before. For privacy. Closed door. If this thing is, I guess, alive? Is it full of demons? Is it full of demons? (laughs) Well, finally, something I know how to handle. And I will pull out my big old sword. (laughs) I have an exercise for you guys. Derek is going through the dossier he requested and he is reading over the files of his compatriots and also his own file. And what I'd like to do is have you guys uh, say what he is reading. So if he is reading it, read it in your character voice, what it says and put redactions, you know, wherever you, wherever you think there'd be redactions. So he takes out the dossier, you know, it's, it's a little, little, the little, a pool of nice, warm 70s bulb light around his desk in the dark office. A nice pool of light around you. You're mostly alone, uh, just the janitors. You open the dossier and you turn to the page for Joseph Thorne and you begin to read. Let's, set, let's start with name redacted, code name Joseph Thorne. You don't even get his real name. Specialization. Religious rites. Shamanism. Primal energy. Capabilities. I'm just going to look through my spell list. Okay. (laughs) Capabilities. Weather control. Mind control. Plant control. Conjuration. Redacted. Redacted. Tree bark. (laughs) 
And let's do the background information on Joseph is raised in a hermit lifestyle by a small group of wild men that study and protect the three realms. And the three realms of shamanism are the world above, the earth, and the world below. Hmm. And that's a real thing. That's cool. I don't know if I got much else. Unless you want to tell me something that you want to know and then I'll say it. I'll tell you something that Derek wants to know is uh, what's the most notable event on your dossier? Ooh, notable event on the dossier. Hmm. How I joined the organization. Joseph appeared outside of one of the organization's facilities. And after going through a series of clearance and security testing, um, I revealed that I had been called there after experiencing Redacted. And that ties into the Hermit background, which is a special ability discovery. I learned some sort of horrible secret about the cosmos or the truth about something. And that is like my inner turmoil and my connection with like the ancient magics. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. So I was I was called to the organization because that also explains why I would have left my little hermit enclave. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow, another individual who felt a very literal call to the organization. I'm excited to learn about what strange things he will bring to the field. Well, then now let's read about Bandon. Exactly. Turn the page to Bandon Breakstone. Name, Breakstone, comma, Bannadin. Age, approximately 250. Affiliation, Church of Ilmater. Status, strained. <laughs> <laughs> Capabilities, cure wounds, spiritual weapon, redacted, redacted, redacted. Ooh, you have three redacted spells. Derek will notice that much of the background section is redacted. Uh, all he can see is originally hails from the Gold Core Mountains, Sea File, Battle of Redacted Mountain. And then there is a long list of things that other agents should watch out for. Uh, so just a list, oh, like, a list of like notes. The comments. Yeah. yeah, like the notes by the superiors. Okay, yeah, good. yep. Anti-establishment sentiments, mm -hmm. drunkenness, <laughs> bad mood. How's the personal hygiene? Beard, smells of onion. Mm, yes. Speci wow, that is specific. <laughs> and uh, this is like Yelp. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a note for supervisors that. Bannadin is always trying to sort of organize the agents to to get more pay, to get like a keg installed in the break room. You know, like all kinds of all kinds of things. So it's the, just a uh, what's what's the word? Insubordination? Yeah. There is a long note of various insubordinate activities that Bannadin does that basically they put up with because he's um divinely touched what's the most impressive or notable event on your file of the things that aren't redacted 
Yes. <laughs> it's just like I would say the most notable thing of my of my life is my backstory, which is mostly redacted. But in my time with the Bureau, there's like a, a notable section of um, me having taken a lot of damage in place of a couple agents who were, you know, in danger. I basically jumped in front of them, took a bunch of damage, then was able to heal everyone. So I kind of have like some notable stories of like mass healing. Some heroism, actually. Like, yeah, that's yeah. heart stuff. The whole hmm. thing about Illmater is that he's like the god of suffering. And so right. it's holy to take on the suffering of others. And that's basically where my connection with Illmater comes from, is that I'm very much like a huge stocky dwarf. I, I My origins are, you know, I was kind of in like a rough work situation in a mine uh, from where I'm from. And so I, I'm just used to like physical pain and it doesn't really bother me. And I think it's sort of like it's my ideal to minimize the suffering of others. Wow. These comments from the superiors don't quite match up with these acts of heroism that are also on the chart. I bet that old BB's just been misunderstood. I am a little nervous to be going out on the field with two gentlemen with so many redacted things on their <laughs> files. And with that, Derek will just sort of skim over his own section. I always love reading about all the good grades I got. There's nothing redacted on his file. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Let's just see now. Yes, I grew up in the suburbs. Daddy was a middle management at an oil company, stay-at-home mother. Actually, I told a fib. There is, there is one redacted thing on here, which is the time that my sister had her face taken. It grew back later, but that was the inciting moment where I realized I had to take care of some of these spooky scaries. I was the first member of my graduating class to be issued the BOS Gavel Mark III, the latest state-of-the-art in Monster Slage, inscribed with only the finest runes and made of a, a carbon-fiber-steel hybrid. Mm, I love to swing me around my big ol' sword. Ooh, so is it like extra light? Yeah, it's, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> and your, uh, and your department manager, whose name is Larry. 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 All right. Your department head, Larry. What's his last name? Buck. Larry Buck. <laughs> Larry Buck loves to <laughs> <laughs> duck. By the way, I should say the car is big, but not inside. The inside is very small. It's like the it's like the opposite of the, of the TARDIS. It's smaller on the inside. Oh, that's my greatest fear. Oh no!